Welcome to the 13th episode of Innovation Matters, a podcast organized by the Netherlands Innovation Network. In this episode, I'll talk to Afke Schaert about global impact, sustainability, gender equality, and her role at Huawei. This podcast episode is broadcasted from Shanghai, China. Afka, thank you so much for joining me today. Can you give the audience a brief overview of your background and how you ended up in Shenzhen? Thank you so much for inviting me. Yes. And uh, well, uh, my background has been in in telecoms. So uh, I've uh, I've actually studied law and international relations at the University of Amsterdam. And then I got my uh, well, I did my internship at Shell International on sustainable development. So that was a really good topic back in the days, and how well, you know how that would be impacting the oil industry. But mm. then it was around the year 2000, the internet bubble, and everything was around telecoms and tech. And then I switched uh, over after my graduation to um, to KPN. But also in between, I did like the uh, the diplomatic course in the in the Netherlands at the Institute of uh, Lingendal. Um, and uh, but I uh, opted for a career in the uh, in the corporate sector. So mm-hmm. my uh, first real job was at uh, at KPN, and there I uh, stayed for well quite some time. And I switched jobs every two three years within KPN. You know, I've been a market analyst. I've been working for KPN Mobile as a as a marketeer, uh, but then I uh, slowly but steadily moved to corporate affairs and to uh, to be uh, into be leading the public affairs uh, department of uh, of KPN. Mm-hmm. And uh, perhaps I would have been doing that uh, even until now, uh, but uh, because I did not, uh, you know, I was really happy at KPN and it was a really fantastic company to work for, and you know, I started my family and everything. Uh, but then I, uh, I was actually asked to uh, to be on the candidate list for the uh, Dutch Liberal Party, uh, the PVD in the in the Netherlands. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I never thought, you know, that I would be elected into parliament, but, uh, it was in 2010 and that was under, uh, Rutte 1. So he's the current prime minister of the Netherlands and that was his first government. And, uh, we had a very big victory with, uh, with 31 seats in the, uh, in the uh, second chamber. And I was, uh, number 31. So I, uh, I, uh, had to, uh, you know, go to the parliament from one day to another. And I was really not expecting it. I was thinking, you know, that will not happen. We will not have that many seats. And, uh, yeah. And I was then lucky enough to be the spokesperson for, for telecoms. There was the, uh, the 4G auction at that time, but also for innovation, the space sector. Um, yeah, and, uh, and energy. So it was a really interesting time. I very much uh, liked it, but I always felt that uh, I could achieve more in the corporate sector than uh, being a politician. So after one term, uh, you know, we all had to decide if we want to run again, if we want to campaign again, which is also uh, something, you know, completely different from working in the corporate sector. And then I thought, well, you know, uh, yeah, for me, it's the, I would like to to go back to the corporate sector. And although I, I really enjoyed uh, 
having uh, that opportunity and uh, perhaps I was just uh, a member of parliament a little bit too short but uh, the experience has has really benefited to me in the rest of my career and it was just a fantastic experience but I uh, well when I uh, stopped being a member of parliament I moved to Brussels to work for Microsoft where I was responsible for all the uh, EU institutions but also the World Economic Forum and uh, for the uh, the India uh, region, and uh, yeah, that was uh, very interesting. And I think Microsoft is one of the best led companies in the world, and uh, very innovative, and and um, yeah, also very uh, you know thoughtful about well-being and how to take care of employees. So it was a uh, really good experience. And uh, but it was not the telecom sector as 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 uh, you know as well where I previously worked for, and uh, yeah. So after a few years, um, I, I was uh, asked to lead the GSMA's uh, region, Europe, Russia, and CIS. And I chose for that because I just you know felt that only being in Brussels and and uh, you know uh, doing GMS uh, region, but uh, you know I just fell in love with the CIS region and, and Russia and, uh, and and Europe. So gave me the opportunity to meet with lots of governments in that region to talk about 5G and how to implement that. And the GSMA is the trade body for all the uh, mobile operators, but it's also organizing big events in uh, Barcelona, Mobile World Congress, and in Shanghai, and also in Russia. And that's how I slowly... Uh, you know, uh, got interested in uh, in in Asia and in this uh, region. Mm-hmm. So uh, the uh, GSMA uh, organized Mobile World Congress in Shanghai, and it started like five years ago. There were only ten thousand people, but then uh, two years ago, just before the pandemic, there were already like seventy thousand people. So it was just growing so quickly and uh, just just so. Um, yeah, enormous the innovation for in in tech that is just happening in this region, and I, I, mm-hmm. uh, I always felt that that it's happening here. So yeah. then, uh, yeah, two years ago uh, during the pandemic, uh, yeah, you know everything fell flat in Europe, not much to do, working from home, being at home all the time, and uh, yeah, then uh, I uh, I was just looking around a little bit, and then. Yeah, you know this opportunity in Shenzhen, this uh, this city of the future, uh, yeah. came across, and I thought <laughs> that would be a good opportunity for me and my family to see with my very own eyes how how it is, and uh, you know to live in a in a city where everything's just uh, so uh, well tech minded and and everything. So. And here I am working for uh, for Huawei, which is in uh, of course a uh, uh, well uh, in 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 a situation that is a little bit uh, difficult worldwide. And I'm uh, leading the uh, the, uh, the uh, global impact work for uh, for Huawei, and I'm uh, in the uh, leadership team for the public affairs and communications departments. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much for this uh, this nice overview of everywhere you've worked. I think. It's been a very uh, dynamic uh, few years for you. You know, you started like very much similar to me, more in the the law and the international relations, and then you switched to corporate and then back to politics. Like in Dutch, we would say like overall beetje van proeven. Like you tried everything a little bit, but you kept coming back to to the telecommunications sector. And I think especially 
in in China, but also in Shenzhen, just the the scale of it all, the number of people who have started using mobile phones or even buying mobile phones, and just this tech revolution is definitely very apparent. Yeah, yeah. definitely, and. The uptake of 5G is so much bigger here in the in the region, not only in China, but in, in, in the entire Asia-Pacific region. So, yeah, it's just great to be part of that and uh, and to also um, make it possible to, uh, mm-hmm. to do the same in, in other countries. And I've, I'm focusing a lot on Africa and on uh, Latin America. And, yeah, uh, yeah it's also amazing how, uh, how positive, uh, you know, an open minded they are on this uh, tech revolution yeah yeah for sure i think we have like kind of opposite jobs because i'm working for the government and focusing on like technology and science but you're working for uh the corporate and also focusing on like uh public affairs and things like that and global impact it's a bit uh the opposite of each other but why do you think that you move from more government to corporate because I, I can understand it's maybe a bit more more dynamic or fitting to your career goals yeah so for me i always felt that i could do more and achieve more in the corporate sector so especially when yeah uh, you know my experience in the uh in the, in the parliament is that you know uh you have to come to a compromise you have to discuss things over and over again so we discussed you know, so many different <laughs> laws and regulations in Europe about roaming, for example, you know, that, that was introduced, I think, almost 15 years ago. And it was only three or four years ago when it was got finally implemented, right? So for me, it's just taking so long and, and uh, yeah, and it's going in circles. And I can tell that that's fine, <laughs> but it's just, uh, I you know, uh, and I also felt that in this time of, age uh, where governments are less trusted media is less trusted you see in a in a report that uh, that edelman uh, publishes every year that you know more confidence is is being put in in companies and in the ceos and uh, and i think you know there's there's only one way to make things happen and that is when the corporate uh, sector and the and the governments work together and i think that goes really well in in, in Coming in emerging markets and let them in, in Africa, uh, because you know a corporate sector has the budgets, the uh, the skill and the resources. Uh, because uh, a company like Huawei, we are active in more than 130 countries worldwide. So you know uh, has to deal with all the laws and regulations in every single country. But you know if you have implemented 5G in one country, you can also in another country in a rural area and in an urban area. So uh, yeah, so the, the scale and the, uh, the impact is uh, is quite big, but you cannot do that without, you know, uh, proper relationships with uh, with uh, with governments. But yeah, indeed, I think you know, for me, I just just fit better in the corporate sector because it's also a little bit more clear. Uh, you can also, uh, you know, take your career calls a bit more easily. I think you know it's it's probably different when you work in in uh, in a diplomatic service where you also have like a, you know, a, a, you can have a goal and you can you go there step by step. In the corporate sector, it's the same, but as a politician, you don't have that so much. You know, it's very unclear how your career will evolve. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you also see um, a chance to to like disrupt the industry by adding a female perspective? Because I think you're also one of the most senior females currently working at Huawei in Shenzhen. 
Yeah, definitely. So I really try to uh, hear in uh, in Shenzhen, although I'm quite amazed because, you know, with my Western eyes and mindset, I was coming here trying to, you know, uh, give my opinion on a lot of things and what needs to be changed and what have, <laughs> yeah. we have to do different. But uh, I actually felt that a lot of issues that I used to work on. So, for example, at Microsoft, one of my biggest issues was uh, equal pay. Uh, you know, making interns uh, get get paid in the in the Brussels bubble, uh, you know, things like that, and that's just mm -hmm. not an issue here in China. You know, there's there has been equal pay, um, well, since whenever they, uh, you know, they can remember, and so it's just not an issue. And we also have a lot of, of girls uh, working in science and in tech. You know, our 5G was actually invented by uh, by a lady in uh, at, at Huawei. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, there are still differences. There's still a gap, but it's it's not such a big gap as I think you know, people might think there, there is. So here we have to work much more on other topics like well-being. You know, uh, here in, in China, people feel like, you know, maybe they cannot take time off to be pregnant because if they're working on a project. They cannot afford to be 10 months out of the system. You know, so how to make sure that they feel confident enough that, you know, that, that, and that there's... Uh, you know that somebody else can can take that position for a while. So it's 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 a really different, um, uh, yeah, mindsets and 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 topics that we have to uh, to to work on. But it's yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it, it, it is still very much tech dominated. And what I try to do is is, is bringing more emotions and you know the, uh, and, and more talk about uh, you know how how does this benefit society how does this you know benefit people in general so it's uh yeah it's it's uh it's it's quite amazing a very good experience yeah i think that's uh that's interesting what you mentioned earlier about how some values which we hold very dear in uh european countries maybe it's not so much an issue here because we've already achieved like some types of equality here that people still want back home like equal pay for example so i was also wondering because it's change in like values right so i really enjoyed reading the culture map it was about how values are on the corporate floor the netherlands and china were often on opposite spectrums of each other so dutch people are very direct and uh, chinese people yeah. maybe not so much and also the the relationship to the boss or to the superiors in the netherlands it's maybe more horizontal and in China maybe it's a little bit more hierarchical like how how have you perceived this yes yeah no for me it's uh because there I um I, I deal with a lot of colleagues uh, overseas and in other countries but here in Shenzhen there's not that many foreigners that I have to deal with so it's mostly uh, Chinese and they do work differently uh, yeah. so you know, uh, for myself, I, I very much follow my instincts and, uh, you know, what I think is the right thing to do. And then I just go for it, like, you know, very Dutch. So we just try and see <laughs> where where it goes. And uh, if, if it's okay, you know, then it's great. And if it's not okay, then we just try again. So, and that's also something, you know, that very much fits in, in Western companies. So you, you just that, that try and see mentality. But here in China, it's very much so oh, before we make a decision, we have to study it and we have to, you know, uh, work on the pros and cons. And we have to come to a really, uh, well, uh, studied and well uh, thought of um, decision before we will do it. And then they will go all the way. Uh, but it just takes a little bit uh, longer. And in the beginning, I was more 
you know, I was, I was, I had to get used to that, you know, to <laughs> to make sure that I had talked about this to everybody to get everybody's agreements, and then you know, you go step by step by step, and yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. But I, I, I feel that there's much less uh, that, you know, that's uh, in, in China, people want, are very clear, actually, and they are not hiding so much. So there's not, not so much of a hidden agenda. And yeah. also what I find really interesting, um, uh, so there's much less politics going on, uh, funny enough, maybe because I'm, I'm Western, I'm not, I'm not totally, you know, I'm here now almost two years, so maybe I haven't figured it out, but I, I feel that there's much less of that. But also because what I find really different here, because we go to the office every day here in China, which makes it very easy to talk to people face to face. So I have a lot of meetings every week with people where I just discuss with them very thoroughly what we're going to do. And mm. in um and also when something pops up, you know, when an issue arises in any country or so, we meet the same day so so that is something uh that i find very interesting so in in uh so sometimes my colleagues in china are a little bit upset when they want to have a meeting in europe and that they will have that meeting in two or three weeks from now which you know <laughs> for us is normal they, you know two three weeks it's fine but in china here when when we discuss things we we actually do that the same day so when i come in on monday i think oh this is actually looking good but then you know when something pops up we meet the same day because everybody yeah, is there yeah. so it's really i can definitely relate <laughs> yes so that is the um and, but but so if there's much more human interaction i would say yeah. and yeah. um and but indeed you know before a decision is is being made so sometimes it feels like yeah where is that where where are we now and then all of a sudden it, it comes from somewhere and then and then it it goes ahead like uh like plants but it's uh it takes it just a bit more time mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah no i can definitely relate sometimes i start my weeks on monday and i think like oh this is actually going to be a very quiet week and then you know you're halfway yeah. through the week and you have a lot of just meetings randomly and you know it get it takes yeah. some getting used to but it's also yeah very dynamic way to work i guess um yeah the only time i guess when the office would be a bit more quiet is around those big public uh holidays like chinese new year then it's very hard to plan any meetings <laughs> yes and, and also the week before that yeah, which yeah i also yeah. find interesting so you know we don't have a lot of meetings this week but it's mm -hmm. only this week just before the chinese holidays and mm -hmm. uh yeah and uh and but, but, yeah, it's because you know uh, yeah, people have to prepare, I guess, and for most of them, it's their only holiday, so it's uh, it's uh, it's quite special. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, it's also a time for everyone to go back to to their families and uh, have this nice family reunion again. Um, yes. Mm -hmm. I was also wondering uh, about Huawei because you mentioned before, like it's of course a very big company, and you're active in so many uh, countries, different countries worldwide, and um, yeah. I was just wondering about the kind of like uh, corporate social responsibility or also in your role, like of global impact, like there's issues of gender equality, sustainability, increasing access to the internet, climate change, uh, COVID, like there's so many issues uh, <laughs> currently yes. going on. Um, 
How how do you feel like Huawei is taking steps and stepping up to the、uh, plate to deal specifically with the climate crisis? Yes, definitely, and I find it really interesting because I I I have been meeting with with Huawei throughout my career. So when I started at KPN、uh, back in the days, you know, it was the introduction of 3G, and it was done、uh, by、uh, Huawei, and that was actually the beginning of their. International success. It started in the Netherlands、uh, with with Telport back in the days, and,、uh, and then it spread、uh, and and、uh, you know to other countries. And so,、uh, still at Huawei, when I say I come from the Netherlands, you know, people are like, "Oh, wow, that's that's amazing!" And everybody knows it and,、uh, and the, the the history of Huawei、mm. in the, in the Netherlands. And、mm. uh, I,、uh, you know, like a lot of people, uh, uh, I, I was aware of、uh, what they do on 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 infrastructure and on、um, uh, you know a lot of technical、uh, innovations. But what I didn't know that that Huawei is also involved in the automotive, in climate,、uh, in、uh, yeah, in sustainable developments, in 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 so many different issues, but also in ports. In mines, so there's just no area where where Huawei is not involved in, basically. But also, you know,、uh, in the consumer market, so having their own watches. Of course, you know the mobile phone division is、uh, is is you know used to be very successful, but now with the U.S.、Uh, China trade more,、uh, it's been、uh, yeah、uh, much less, of course. And、uh, so, but how Huawei has been. Uh, adapting to the new situation is、uh, is really really amazing, and now the focus is indeed much more on、um, you know bringing green technology to the to the world,、um, and and on、uh, mobility, smart cities, and,、uh, and all of that. So here in China, you you see, for example, that、um, there are so many solar panels, so many places where uh, you have um, um, it's called fields. Uh, in uh, in in in、uh, in cities or on mountains, and it's also actually in the Netherlands in the Eisel、uh, where we、uh, where we have also installed、uh, that.、Uh, mm-hmm. So you know that's、uh, so it's 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 a product、um, business, but it's also something that we you know、uh, when it comes to、uh, our packaging or other supply chain, you know we have so many distribution centers, so we really want to take. Care of the fact, you know, how can we make sure that how we, you know, transport、uh, our goods all over the world that it's done in a very sustainable、uh, way? I think,、mm-hmm. you know,、uh, that the the、um, what I'm trying to help with is to make sure that that it gets also communicated because a lot of Chinese companies and Huawei is not a an, an exception are quite modest on you know their achievements and how they do it and、uh, you know so. Uh, they uh, they they don't brag about it too much or or communicate it,、uh, you know, to 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 many stakeholders. So there's improvement that can be made there, but、uh, because I think you know, especially when I talk to my friends or you know, former colleagues in 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 Europe, they just don't know of all these、uh, these things that、uh, that are happening. And yeah, Huawei has been one of the first corporate partners of the UN Global Compact. Um, and uh, have also been uh, uh, signing to the Charter of Gender Equality. But as said, that's actually you know not that much of an issue. I, I see how many fantastic female、uh, 
colleagues we have in uh, in China, uh, you know, for with the tech uh, background, it's just incredible. But as said, you know, we're also um, uh, in, in so many other countries. So what we have been doing is uh, 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 promoting uh, uh, women in tech programs like our Seeds for the Future program, where we have students from all over the world uh, that can get uh, uh, awards uh, for uh, for their university programs or that they can come and do internships at, uh, at, uh, at Huawei. And um, yeah, there's just so much that we do in uh, in uh, in this uh, this field and mm-hmm. uh, i would say you yeah, very similar to what other big giant corporates do you know uh, huawei is uh, in the in the top 50 of the fortune 500 companies and uh, a private company and uh, yeah so it's um uh, we have our yearly sustainable development uh, uh reports uh, where we uh uh, do a lot of stuff in, but I think what makes Huawei a little bit different from other companies is that we work a lot of biodiversity, also in Europe, but also here in China. So we have programs in national parks on how we monitor uh, pandas. We do that in Scotland with the whales, and also mm-hmm. in Italy, we have to uh, make sure that our technology is used in in those national parks. And what we do there is that we put sensors in those parks so that we don't you know, have to have that many human interference over there, and uh, but that you can still monitor what's going on and 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 what are the uh, the, the uh, you know uh, issues on on you know uh, yeah, biodiversity uh, in uh, in that uh, region. So uh, so yeah, so that's uh, that's I think you know what we are um, what we're doing a lot. So you know, trying to make. Europe and the world greener and uh, more nature and more nature friendly. Yeah, yeah, I think that's very interesting to increase biodiversity, but also reducing the the impact that humans have on the environment. Because of course, uh, humans, you know, can check every day if the animals are still living in their habitat. But in that way, we're also, of course, disrupting their national their natural habitat. Um, yes. Yeah, my next question was going to be uh, like, which new Huawei policy, uh, social impact programs are making you feel excited? But I think seeds for the future and also these biodiversity programs. I think you already kind of um, touched upon. So um, maybe I'll go to to the next uh, part. So uh, this episode will probably coincide with uh, February 11th, which is the International Day of Women and Girls in Science. And uh, mm-hmm. online, I saw that women are still underrepresented in the tech industry worldwide, occupying just 12% of jobs in cloud computing, 15% in engineering, and 26% in data and AI. And of course, it's a very general uh, statistic and not uh, Huawei specific. Um, but yeah, so in your, in your role at uh, Huawei, you not only look towards you know biodiversity or sustainability, but you um, also stand up for gender equality, and why? Why do you think? Why? Why do you feel so strongly about this topic? Yeah, because you know when you talk about what you did, like AI and cloud computing and robotics, yeah. you know, a lot of people always think you know those those are the jobs of the future. But that's yeah. not correct. If you go to LinkedIn right now today, 
And uh, if you look uh, for jobs at, at Huawei worldwide in our research centers in Austria or in Sweden or whatever, you know, that you will already try uh, find jobs there for AI experts or, uh, you know, uh, uh, cloud computing experts. So it's already there. So, you know, it's in, in and we do see especially in in, uh, in the Western world, that there's still an underrepresentation of uh, of women there. So yeah, that's a shame because there's a shortage of uh, of workers all around the world, and we just need to have more women who be interested in this uh, uh, in this topic. And I myself feel strongly about it because you know um, tech in the past uh, has been done by a lot of males. So. Uh, you know, there's also a lot of apps that are still a little bit gender biased. So, for example, if you, uh, you know, uh, health apps, they're they're very much working on muscle development, or but much less on, on lifestyle or you know, fertility or whatever. It's it's gradually changing. But you know, another example is you know that that in automotive, for example, an, an airbag. It's an, it's a famous example. Is 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 not designed for women you know mm-hmm. uh and, and because you know they didn't think about it because there were not women to to talk this true mm-hmm. and uh yeah so that is something that i feel strongly about you have to have like uh technology has to be uh, uh without any gender bias and we need apps you know that are also uh suitable for 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 women and for that we have like a lot of coding programs in China, but also uh, uh, abroad. But you know, to to make possible that that women can make their own apps. Because if you want to start a company in the future, you don't understand how this works, or or, or you cannot do any any um, any coding. Um, and uh, yeah, then you're dependent, and it's not what you wanna wanna have. So we have to make sure that that more women uh, have those uh, those skills. But still, you see worldwide that you know women are climbing up to leadership positions, but still in you know in in like um, uh, positions that are dominated by by females like uh, communication or uh, HR. And uh, yeah, we we need more people uh, in uh, in in the engineering and mathematics, you know, that are also female. But um, I'm what I'm find interesting in Huawei that there's also a little bit of a shift of that. So it's not only, uh, you know, girls and females that are good in STEM, but we also need people who are good in design and architecture that understand the ethics of AI, so are good in social sciences. So it's a, it's, 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 um, it's a, it's a mix of, of different um, backgrounds that are needed, but we have to close this gender gap when when it comes to uh, to science and, uh, and technology, yeah, yeah, I think that's a very good point that you make. It's not just, of course, you know, you want to increase the the share of women working in tech, but I think it's a multidisciplinary problem. It's you know, we need more women in each field, but we it's not that we need more women than men. We need just an equal balance of everyone so that decisions that we make are informed on the experiences of both men and women. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, and for me personally, I also feel that, you know, being, uh, I, it's, it, it gives you independence so you, you can make your own decisions, you know, and, and we all live longer. 
and you can have different careers. So, uh, you know, uh, there's there's so much to do in in life, and to yeah, you, you know, women should not limit themselves. And uh, and and I find it always a bit, um, yeah, uh, raised if 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 women study and then stay at home for so long, or just go part time. You know, it brings you into a very dependent situation, and you never know what life will bring you. And it's you know. You also have to set an example for for for, for your children, I, uh, I guess. And of course, it's not always easy, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I myself get a lot of satisfaction out of my uh, professional life. As long as you can, you know, combine it well with your personal life, but it's doable. It's hard, but it's doable. And now in this situation, where people are more okay with working from home you know it's you know i think the best thing what i did in my career at kpm because you know after getting children a lot of my colleagues started to work four weeks from home of four weeks instead of five days but i always felt like you know nobody gets hired for this extra day and i will get paid less but i have to do all this work in four days you know Mm -hmm. for the five days and it's just not making any sense. So, you know, it's better to to just, um, you know, get paid for the full, <laughs> full, uh, full month. And yeah, then it's also better for the year. moon and then see, see what happens when you do get hired. Then you can work out the, the working conditions once you are in yes. the position. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And it doesn't have to be perfect, you know. It's never perfect. And it's never like 100%. Yeah, that's fine. You know, it's uh, it's that's how how it yeah. will be. And you have to accept that, and it's getting more easier. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, I think also, how does uh, Huawei try to to implement policies to 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 include more women or promote more women into their positions? Do you think it's more like? Um, hiring policies or do they try to promote a more healthy work-life balance? I guess that's maybe hard if you're working at a big tech corporation in China because you still have these traditional 996 uh, working days. But yeah, are they, is Huawei trying to implement beneficial working conditions to attract a more diverse uh, 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 workforce? Yeah. I think that's definitely the case outside of China because, you know, we have this policy that we want to uh, recruit more local people. So, uh, and, and less Chinese expats uh, to, uh, to, uh, but that said, you know, we have offices almost in every country, but, you know, you have more and more local leaders there. Of course, you know, they, they bring, uh, uh, you know, their, uh, um, um, yeah, habits from the country that they are working. I think that's that's really good, and I think it's uh, uh, you know what I'm trying to do is is to to, to you know get get some global guidelines, global policies on uh, on this. But they're they're all there. So you know, for example, um, also in China, you know, they can have one day off a month without you know telling your boss why that is, or uh, uh, you know, uh, or to uh, to to have sick leave or so. So there's a lot of policies that are already quite nice, you know, that I, I was not aware of, that I did just recently find out. And mm-hmm. um, but it's uh, uh, but in itself, when you work in China, it's a little bit different because you know the, uh, the, the 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 habits that we have here are very much different from the Western world. So here we don't work from home, 
Now we always mm-hmm. go to the office. Most people are also less inclined to work from home because most people live in apartments with their families and you know they they their 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 parents or their parents love take care of the children. So you know they for them it's totally fine to go to the uh, to the office every day. So work is in itself very important. But what I find here also as a as a, a different um uh, you know here you you start working from uh, graduation until you're 45 uh, and then you can already retire basically and a lot of people also at Huawei you know if you're not in the senior management then you retire but then you can start your own business or you can you know do something in in the local community so yeah that's that's the start of a new career basically so yeah. uh, a lot of people are very much focused to get all of it out of that you know that 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 well relatively short time frame and then uh and then do something uh, different so it's just yeah what i found fascinating because it's it's a very different um lifestyle and 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 mindset so but i would say you know in the countries outside of china it's very much as in any any other any other country and, and company mm-hmm. and what what do you think about uh the fact that you know some people feel like we should have more policies to stimulate more uh, gender diversity in our uh, companies or corporations or do you feel like it should be more of like a natural process because uh something that i was also thinking about how we have a new dutch cabinet since uh, this month and it has a 50 mm-hmm. female male representation I feel like this is very much like equality by design that you really want to have, you know, 50% men, 50% female. How how do you look towards these uh, these policies to really have equality or do you think it should be more, yeah, more of a, a natural process? Yeah, so me being a liberal, I always, I, 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 I would... Uh, advice for self-regulation and for companies to take care of that on their own. But the thing is, and that has been proven in the Netherlands and in many other European countries, that it's just not enough and that companies are not doing what they need to do. And also the truth is that people like to hire people that look like them or talk like them, you know, so that's just <laughs> something that people need to be aware of. So, yeah, so I I'm now... Uh, from the opinion that you know we need regulation and it's actually good to uh, to, uh, to to have uh, a law in place to have more women in uh, in boards. I think it's only thirty percent or or something right now. And I'm really glad that in in Parliament you have now the fifty fifty representation. And in many countries all over the world, that's already the case since long. So I don't know yeah. why that's been you know so different in uh, in 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 our country. But um, when I, uh, you know, uh, look at the uh, management positions in, uh, in in Huawei, yeah, that's that's there's still, you know, the majority is uh, is is male, but on very uh, distinct positions, like our head of um, of research, for example, uh, is is also uh, a female. So yeah, I think it, it's. You know, here in China, what I see that there's also been policies by uh, by by the government, you know, promoting girls to study STEM. I think you know there's a lot of fathers who are now, you know, in in earlier days, I think a lot of Chinese families wanted their uh, daughters to to be teachers or doctors, like so many people do. But now I think it's getting more and more like uh, cool to have daughters who are 
you know, uh, 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 computer scientists. So I think, you know, in, in, in Europe, we have to do the same. We also have to have like male role models, more fathers, more teachers who, uh, you know, who uh, stimulates people to, uh, to, to go into that dire, uh, direction. And yeah, I always feel that because I'm myself in this in this sector that, that it's getting better and better, and I do think it's getting better, but it's just so slow. And um, so t- today there was an, an article in a Dutch newspaper about a company who was just not able to find any female on their on on its board, and then I just cannot believe it. You know, there's just so many fantastic females that I know myself. You know, it's just a matter of. Uh, of, of searching uh, well so you just have to do an extra effort but i think you know we will get there but it's um but we we it just cannot go by itself we do need governments to to intervene and, and the corporate sector to do its bit as well yeah yeah for sure thank you for your uh your answer and I think it's also cool to see how you know you started as a liberal and you're like no the companies have to do it themselves but you know being in the industry for a long time I think you can also uh, notice the that maybe the government does need to lend a helping hand sometimes to uh, you know (laughs) Um, so then uh, I I have a a final question for our podcast today which is uh, we just celebrated the the lunar new year and this year is the year of the tiger and uh, the zodiac sign of tiger is a symbol of strength exercising evil and braveness is there anything making you feel brave this year yeah well i'm actually happy that we now go into the year of the tiger because i'm myself an ox which was the previous year and i understood from my friends, uh, friends and colleagues that you know it's always better to not uh, be the sign of the year that you're in so you know they made me wear a red bracelet through the entire year <laughs> to uh, to uh, you know to, uh, to offense of the, the, the i don't know who the evil so yeah. uh so i'm happy years over and for me the tiger seems like you know uh quite full and full of energy and i think for a lot of people 2021 was a was a difficult year and that's fortunate when you're in china the pandemic is not that uh, imminent. So, you know, we have a very different life. We can go to restaurants. We can go wherever we want. We, you know, I don't wear a mouth cap. I'm doing things, you know, the only difficulty that it's hard to travel because you have to quarantine back, going back to China. I just hope, you know, for me, uh, that I'm able to, uh, to, to travel more to, uh, I have a lot of fantastic, uh, opportunities waiting for me like at the women global leaders forum in in in, in rwanda I have to go to indonesia for the uh, the g20 so there's just so many uh opportunities where i would like to engage face to face again with with people uh yeah i'm just hoping that that will happen and that uh, you know everybody will be safe and healthy you know family friends and so on and so forth but I'm looking forward to the year of the tiger because it seems like you know the tiger is uh, is uh, you know a, a good sign. And I looked at my uh, horoscope, and I think for the ox, the year of the tiger will be uh, a, what I read—a year full of friendship and full of, uh, of positive things. So, oh, that's good to, to hear. <laughs> yeah, that's good to hear. How is it for you? 
Well, I, I am, uh, my Zodiac is uh, a pig, but I'm actually not quite, I haven't really uh, dove deep into uh, into the inner workings of the Zodiac signs. Um, but yeah, I do know that when it's the, when, when you are a pig and it's the year of the, the pig, then it means you will have like a very, uh, yeah, tumultuous year or big things will happen that year, yeah. which can either be positive or negative. So I guess the the yeah. year of the tiger, that's good. You know, we can climb out of this pandemic and <laughs> we can all feel a bit more yes. braver and stronger and uh, go forward from there. <laughs> yeah, and let's hope that the Dutch team will do well in the Olympics. Uh, that will start <laughs> <For sure>. uh, <laughs> week. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, well. Thank you so much, Afta, for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Afke Schaert, and thank you for your time. More information can be found on our website, netherlandsinnovation.nl, and here you can also leave your comments. If you would like to reach us, please send an email to china at netherlandsinnovation.nl. I hope you'll tune in again.